Hi, everyone. My name is Patrick Akil, and if you're interested in creative entrepreneurship, purpose, values, and how to build great businesses, this episode is for you. Joining me today is Lindsay Fowler. She's founding director at Cloudfields, where they help creatives build great businesses. I'll put all her socials in the description below. Check her out, and with that being said, enjoy the episode. Beyond Coding. Well, is this the first podcast you're doing? This is my second podcast. Second one. So I'm pretty green at this. Yeah. But... Um, I don't know. I, I think the first one I did, I was really nervous because I wasn't really sure the purpose of it. But this, I mean, I think the more you do them, the more they become more comfortable. And and also, I think when we spoke initially, it was about just having a conversation, which I'm much better at. Than right. <laughs> coming on being like, so. Was it me. was it interviewee? What? The the other podcast. It was a little interviewee. It was okay. it was a dialogue. Don't get me wrong. It was a dialogue. Yeah, yeah. But I think I was I was. Yeah, I think I was probably in a different headspace as well. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, different time. So yeah. Different time. Yeah, uh, yeah. How long ago was it? Last year, actually. Oh, last yeah, year. Okay. Yeah, I have. I've kind of been dabbling with the podcasting because I think that you know when it comes to marketing and it comes to how you know you sell a business, I think there's so much more about the person, the personality of the people that work there, and I think mm. it's all fine and good having a personal brand, but I'm not really interested in promoting myself. I'm more interested in pro- pro- promoting what we do. Yeah. And so it's kind of about um, having to kind of, what am I trying to say? It's, it's the podcast is better because it means I can talk about what we're interested in, what we're curious about and not talk about me. And like, yeah. oh, you know, I'm so tired of seeing on Instagram people's faces, just telling you what they think. And so I just think it's the dialogue with somebody is much more interesting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, it's not just like me, 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 me. So, yeah, yeah. I get that. Yeah. I've, I've started, I mean, I, I always wanted to talk to someone on the podcast, but then people started asking questions and I was like, okay, we can, we can probably do something with this. So I've tried to do some special episodes. Every 10 episodes, I do like a Q and A oh, where right. people send in questions. And then I just, it's just me and the camera and I just talk. And I, <laughs> I love doing it so much. It's so fun. I bet that's really fun though. Cause yeah. you probably get some really mental questions. Those are some really good questions. Yeah. People are like, like. If you look at other people, because everyone's online, everyone's on LinkedIn, yeah. people only see success stories. They're like, okay, I'm not moving as fast as these other people. Like, yeah. how do I how do I deal with that? Yeah. And I, I tried my best to answer that. And I hope it's <laughs> it's fulfilling. It's so true, isn't yeah. it? I think, yeah. I mean, that whole thing about comparison is a thief of joy is like a real thing. You, yeah. you, you, you know, if, and also if you have no context about how hard people have worked. It's that famous, I don't, I'm sure you've seen that diagram where it's like that iceberg and it's like shows the tip of it. Yeah, it's like really, yeah, yeah. all this like insane like hard work. That's come, <laughs> yeah, you had to build to get to that place and all the sort of psychological work and the ment- like the the graft and the, the hustle that has to go into it is, I think that for me has been a bit, a bit of a surprise, but um, I don't know, I like, I like the, I like the challenge of it. I think that's the thing is like when you're doing a business and you're trying to build it, it's, I think the the biggest realization I think I've come to in the last, probably last few months is that, you know, there is no destination. Mm. Like, yes, there is a purpose. Yes, there is a vision and a mission and all those sort of things. But when it comes to the day to day, there's no, like you, you create goalposts for yourself and then the goalposts just keep getting shifted back further. And yeah. then, you know, so if you don't kind of celebrate those milestones in a sense, you just end up just pushing the goalposts further and you feel like you never achieve anything. So yeah. I don't know. I think it's just take time and you have to kind of work through them. And I don't know. It's uh, it's quite a ride though, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's an interesting thought with the goalposts as well because I've, I've struggled with this and I see other people also. Mm-hmm. When you keep moving the goalposts, it's always upwards, right? Onwards and upwards. Yeah. And then once you don't hit the goalposts or you hit below that or you want to take a step back, that's all of a sudden like, oh no. 
Like we're going backwards. Oh, and yeah. That, that feeling of going backwards is really hard on some people. Yeah, well, it feels like failure, yeah, right? right? It feels like you're stagnating and that, and I, but I think getting comfortable with that is probably a much better recipe for success in a sense, because, you know, you have to have those moments of downtime. Yeah. If you're constantly rushing, you're just never going to, you're just going to burn out. I mean, that's just the way it is. I mean, yeah, this right. is like scientifically proven. <laughs> you're just going to burn out. So I think, um, but I, I guess the, the stagnicity thing, I think is all about reframing. If you think of it as just, just standing still, then you think of it as failure. You think of it as you're not moving anywhere forward, yeah. but if you actually take it as a pause, then it's just like a, an exhale, isn't it? It's like, okay, this is what we're doing next, but I'm just gonna step back a little bit. Maybe yeah. I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna rechange my job role. I'm gonna rechange or change how how I work with clients or whatever, so that I don't feel so so stretched. Yeah, it's not. I don't know. It's a challenge. Yeah. <laughs> it all is. Yeah. yeah, and I'm I'm thinking back, like really the moments where I've done that is where I'm talking to someone because I feel like if I'm in my day-to-day -day routine and especially during COVID, like if you're doing the same thing more so over yeah. and over, you're, you're progressing, you're moving, you don't really take the time to stand still and reflect and be like, do I like this? Do I like the direction? Yeah. Do we need to move? But that's what COVID did for so many of us. It made us stop and think, is this really what I want to be doing with yeah. my life? Yeah, yeah. Forced. Forced. Forcibly. Yeah. Yeah. Which I, I mean, COVID as awful it, as it was for many people, it was a really a great opportunity to reset, you mm -hmm. know? And I mean, I was one of those people. I was just like, what am I doing? This is a nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> so it was, it was really, it was a good time to kind of reflect on what mattered to me and what mattered to my family and to my, my career. And yeah. yeah and I think, yeah, it was, it was a collective great pause. And I think it, it was really traumatic for so many <laughs> of us. Looking back then, like what, what changes did you make? that are still in effect? Ooh, that's a good question. Well, I mean, uh, the first thing, well, cause the pandemic hit right when I turned 40. And okay. so I think there's something about midlife where you're like, oh my God, what am I doing with my life? <laughs> and so what I gifted myself for my 40th birthday was a business coach because, mm. or a, more of a life coach actually, because I was unsure what I wanted to do with my life. I was unsure what I wanted to do with my career. And the, the, the thing that he worked with me on was to define my values really clearly. And so those I think are the things that have st stuck. So yeah. that makes it, it, it makes it a challenge in some ways because it means you have to learn how to say no to things that don't fall within those values. But then it does make things a lot easier because you know that if you're in those values, then you're doing the things that you should be doing. Yeah. Um, so those are the things that have, that stuck through. Um, could you share a few of those values? Like, I'm interested. Yeah. So, I mean, I, yeah. So growth is one of my key core values. Yeah. I think that it, it doesn't necessarily mean in terms of um, like business growth. Mm -hmm. It means in terms of self-development and learning ah. and um, changing and growing and all that, those, those, in that sort of sense. Um, integrity, which is basically a throwaway word, which nobody thinks means anything anymore but to me it's it's really important i'm like a terrible liar mm. i can't lie for the sake of it i'm terrible at those things so i think that's a beautiful thing <laughs> yeah i have that as well Dude, like i yeah, recognize that right yeah. so it's like i think when you're when you're it's it's a it's but i think integrity also can kind of mean about like being really honest with yourself about what you're doing mm. and being i think really posing those hard questions at yourself about if what you're doing is actually something that has integrity. Like if you're, you know, sacrificing your 
mental health for a client, (laughs) that's probably not living in integrity. That's probably being dishonest with yourself about what you can actually do and actually not giving them probably an honest service about what you can do. Yeah. Um, And contribution is my other one. So if I don't feel like I'm contributing to somebody or to, um, to someone's business or to someone's own development, I feel very much like I'm not, um, it's like unfulfilled. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I can see that. Yeah. So it's, it's it's definitely not meant to be a people pleasing element or, you know, a sacrificial thing, but if, you know, if I'm working with people and I, I just feel like we're not moving fast enough or I feel like I can't give any more. I feel like it's not working as well. It's, it's, I feel very disappointed because I feel like I want to keep contributing to their development and keep pushing them forward because I see it as, I mean, as a blending of two creative pursuits really. So if I'm not contributing, it kind of feels like I'm, it feels like I'm failing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. How, how did you learn like that about yourself? Cause when everyone talks about values and when, whenever someone sits in cro- across from me and talks about, their values yeah. I'm like man I try to reflect and be like I really like that like that I, I can recognize myself <laughs> in that mm. but then I'm like okay which which ones because there's so many things that I'm like okay this uh, yeah so I hold dear to heart basically yeah I, I need to have an understanding before I can act basically I, yeah. I love contributing I love personal development as well but then which ones are my values yeah like really at my core <clears throat> well there I mean there's you can there's lots of ways to do it mm. I think the there's, if you look online and look for a list of core values, I mean, Brené Brown has a, a great section in her books about, uh, I think it's Dare to Lead. She has a whole list of values that's yeah. there. Um, and you can add words that sort of matter to you as well. But the, the idea is, is that you, you it's a really a process of elimination <clears throat> and really being hard on, like hard on it and really being really strict with what really matters and what you could, it doesn't mean that those other values don't happen. It doesn't mean that, you know, kindness is not one of my values because it's not one of my core values. It just means that it's not something that's a deal breaker for me. Okay. So what you do is you, you have your list and then you just, you, 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 well, my coach, the way he, he taught it to me was he just had me write down everything on the list Mm. that resonated. Yeah. And then of those, I don't know of say if there was, I don't know, 40 words that he had written down, I say, maybe I chose 15 and then he, he said, Oh, you know, you have to choose five. Yeah. prioritize yeah which one's that which one's that and you know can i get you know can i let that one go um and then he said choose three and so and actually i chose one which he pushed back on and he was he said you know i don't think this is actually it okay which i thought was interesting because i think you know sometimes you can't really tell someone what their values are but he'd gone through this process with me of getting to know me and knowing my personality that he said i this I think it's, 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 not it's, it. it's not it. Yeah. And so we kind of went back through it a bit and then we, we narrowed it down to those three. And, and when we did it, it was just like a light went off. Cause I just thought, Oh, that, that makes so much more sense. Why I'm unhappy at work mm. or why, you know, some relationships are frustrating to me because these elements are missing. And so it just makes it a lot clearer. Yeah. So, Very yeah. interesting. Yeah. I could do one for you sometime yeah? if you wanted yeah, to. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think it would be, I mean, I love learning about myself. Yeah. And part of the reasons why I love these conversations is also it makes me reflect of, you know, sometimes you, you think you you know something or you think you think a certain way yeah. and then you have a discussion and you're like, oh, this is actually what comes out and what yeah. I actually think while you're saying it. I have that a lot. <laughs> <laughs> and then I love, I love listening back to it. I love learning more so about myself. And Core Values is always like, Brene Brown is a name I've, I've heard before. Oh, Also yeah. previous guest 
is a life coach and he talked about kind of his method. Yeah. Uh, and he didn't lay out kind of the steps involved. Mm. But I'm pretty sure he does something similar when it comes to defining yeah. core values for yeah. people he helps. Yeah, I think uh, there's many ways I think of going about it. There's like questions that you can ask people and you can, um, you know, you can have them write down what matters to them, mm-hmm. right? And without having a sort of a, a set of words that they can play off of. But yeah. I, I have always found that, especially because I work with so many creative people, that they need that friction point. They need something to brush up against in order to know what, they know what they don't want, but they uh, they don't know what they want. So you, you have to kind of show them some ideas and say, oh, what do you think of these things? Yeah. And then usually they can sort of start pulling what actually matters to them out. And I've had them add words to that because, you know, maybe something was something that's core to them wasn't there. And that's fine too. It doesn't, it's, you know, it's not rigid. No. I think the thing is, is really about just creating some foundational elements that you work against. Yeah. And then, and then that just gives you a lot, a lot more freedom when it comes to making choices because you can kind of see what works and what doesn't. Yeah. So, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> let's, uh, let's do the exercise somewhere later. I think <laughs> okay. it could be fun. I'll send it sure. to you. We can do yeah, it. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds fun. Yeah. I want to zoom into kind of the self-development part mm. and, and how I see it. It's, it has two axes, right? Self-development for other people and self-development for yourself. Yeah. What do you do starting off with kind of self-development for yourself? Do you have a method or a process? Oh, or a no. Routine? I mean, I'm just, I'm a, I'm a constant reader. I read all the time. In yeah. fact, I told my husband the other day that I had to stop reading business books because I'm becoming boring. Like <laughs> I have to stop doing this. <laughs> And I'm also getting to the point now where I'm reading stuff and it's starting to loop. Mm. So a lot of the, the ideas are the same. And you see a pattern? Yeah. yeah. And, and and interestingly, even when it comes to, say, you know, Brené Brown, who's talking about, you know, emotions and uh, and vulnerability and all these sorts of things, the things she talks about comes up in Jim Collins or mm. in uh, Ray Dalio or anything like that. So the, the ideas are and the principles are all there. So that's kind of cool. But I think... Um, yeah, it means I need to stop kind of reading about it and maybe start <laughs> acting and, you know, implying it to different things. Um, but, um, sorry, what was the other question? So you asked what what are some of the, the personal growth things? Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, uh, you know, exercising, eating well, um, uh, psychology, you know, I see okay. a therapist every week because it's absolutely essential to my mental health to yeah. just learn more about myself. Um, and I mean, I'm originally, Amer- I'm originally from America. So I think that kind of falls into that American category of being mm. like into psychology, but I think more and more now people are much more conscious about their mental health and yeah. it's not anything to be ashamed of. It's no, no. the best thing in the world. So. I think it's a great thing yeah, yeah. That, that people are becoming more aware and actively working yeah, on it. Yeah. 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 Cause I think, I think that's the thing is you can only be good at what you do when you start understanding yourself more. Mm. I really believe that. And so that's how I work with people a lot is trying to help them understand who they are within their framework of their business so that they can, they can be more, you know, men, um, mindful about how they're, how they're showing up yeah. and, and not sort of going through it blindly and thinking things that, uh, you know, thinking that everything's just happening to them, that they actually can play a part and be proactive in it. So yeah, it's, it's a big deal. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love it. I found you actually through ADP list because yeah. you're uh, your mentor on there. Yeah. I'm because I, I also had other people that I found through there. It's no secret. Yeah, that no, no, I, no, no. That I, I thought that was amazing. That. I, yeah, because yeah, yeah. I just did that on a whim and I had no idea that, you know, someone would be <laughs> stalking. It was me. <laughs> it was me <laughs> yeah. trying to find people. Yeah. Uh, but I asked this to everyone that I've had on since. Yeah. Because I'm curious what, what people come to you with 
right? They see mm. your profile online. They they know kind of what you're good at and your job history yeah. or what you put out there for them to see. Yeah. What challenges do they bring to you kind of to work on? Oh, it can vary. Mm. Um, I think we talked about this before, but yeah, they 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 some people wanted me to look at their LinkedIn profile. Yeah. Um, some people wanted me to look at their online portfolio. Some just wanted to hear my story, which I thought was a little um, disarming because, okay. you know, everyone thinks their story is really boring, right? But I think that the the way that the the woman explained it to me when she wanted to know was, it's just useful to know someone who's gone on a little bit further yeah. and seen their path and that maybe that if it's meandering, it's not actually going to end up in a place where... You know, you're like in a basement somewhere like, <laughs> that actually you can have you can have a really varied career and have really um, diverse experiences and actually end up you know being focused on something or yeah. you know that kind of thing so um, I, I think some it's what's interesting is that because I have no like UX or UA understanding I, I'm you know I've never worked I work in uh, product or architecture and interior design that mainly in that arena yeah. and um but people who are doing UX design and UA, and they, they come to me and they're like, what do you think of my portfolio? And it's interesting because, you know, I'm very upfront and saying, you know, I have no idea what the people that you're trying to show this to are looking for. But yeah. from a principal's point of view, there's these certain elements that I, that I see. Or one woman was just taking advice from everybody about what they liked and what they didn't like about a portfolio and trying to mm. change it. And it didn't reflect her whatsoever. No. It's like it's stop like a doing group, that. Group effort. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. I was like, you're not. They're not hiring all these other people. And I was like, everyone's got an opinion. So, what's your opinion? What do you think about it? So that's what's been interesting. Um, and also, I think. I mean, it makes me feel ancient to say this, but so many people are coming saying, "Oh, I don't think I've got enough time to do everything I want to do." Mm. Either they're in their sort of mid to late twenties, early thirties, and I'm like, "Oh, you got, <laughs> you got, you got tons yeah. of time. <laughs> don't worry." Uh, yeah. As far as I know, I think you've got loads of time. So. Um, I think there's also that reassurance as well that that just have patience yeah. and just keep working hard and have some focus and you know also I think you know we hear a lot about this old idea of having purpose and like what's my purpose and like and I think that's the that's a bit of a uh, red herring for people and they're mm. younger because it, I think you have to have all these experiences and then I think it's I can't remember um, Mark Manson I think once said that you know you don't your purpose doesn't like hit you like a bolt of lightning. You choose what you want to do yeah. and then you make that your life's purpose. But I think sometimes you have to have, um, you have to have more experiences to actually know what you want to do and actually how you want to push forward in life. So I'm always like, don't worry about your purpose. <laughs> you got time. Like, give yourself another 15 years. You'll be fine. Yeah. You'll figure it out. It, it would be easy if you just knew it and you've always known it. Like <laughs> yeah. I, I, I talked about this before. My cousin, and I grew up together. She's two months younger than me. Yeah. And she always wanted to be a dentist. And she from from right. kids on, like she would stand next to the dentist and be like, Can I can I look? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And she always wanted to do that. Yeah. And then through her educational career, um, or journey rather. Yeah. In the Netherlands, it's like a how do you say that? Some people get in to that educational journey. And some oh, people right, because of the different tracks of education. And exactly. All that. Yeah. So she didn't get in and year after year she didn't get in. And oh then she gosh. got a bachelor's degree in like biomedical science and still she didn't get in. And then she was like, she's also Armenian from heritage. She yeah. was like, I'm, I'm going to study dentistry in Armenia. And for five years, she's been there. And just now, I saw her actually last night. Yeah. So it's kind of fresh yeah. still. Um, and she has a degree. And she's going to start being a dentist. It's brilliant. But from when she was a kid, she always knew. And yeah. I never knew. No. I was like, no. 
<laughs> really? no, I have no clue. I've, I wanted to do something in gaming. I know I like computers and stuff. I yeah. love what I do now. Yeah. But is this really my purpose? I still don't no. really know. No. Because I, I have so many interests. I think it's sometimes it's maybe too broad. But in any case, I like it. So I, I'm exploring. I'm always going to be exploring. I, I think I might be. Like yeah. I love doing a lot of things. Yeah. Like with this podcast, I've loved having these conversations, meeting new people. I still think I'm an introvert, so I have to recharge. Like I've learned that about yeah. myself. Yeah. Uh, I like the video editing aspect of it. I like looking at a video and seeing how it's made together, not just mm -hmm. the content and the essence, but like the the more so technical side of it, let's say. Mm. And I mean, on a day-to-day, 95% of the time, I'm creating software. Yeah. We're building an app right now. Yeah. I love figuring out what the users actually need, what we actually can contribute in value, yeah. what first versus the other thing, yeah. uh, and the order of things as well. Like it's, I'm, I'm naming them, so I might be like a generalist because <laughs> that's a lot, and I'm not even all the way through. <laughs> I think that's, I mean, that's the beauty of being, I'm a generalist as well. I think mm. that's part, like that ties in with my, like I just love learning about loads of different things. And I think that's okay too. Yeah. I, I just, I, I think, I think when it comes to the amount of things that you're interested in, I think that's the that's the important part is just keeping curiosity about what you're doing. Yeah. If you can stay curious about everything you're doing, that's fine. Like mm -hmm. that's enough. Yeah. You know, and I think, you know, there's not I don't think purpose is like I'm I don't know. I'm going to I don't know. I want to make the world a better place, which is like the the worst one. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> <laughs> but but you know, if that's your purpose, it might take different forms, right? And, and yeah. you know, for you it could be this 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 route. It could be that kind of thing. So um, I think, yeah, I, I think that sounds great. <laughs> keep, keep, keep developing, keep learning. It's great. Yeah, I, yeah. I feel like I like this journey that I'm on. I like it a lot. Yeah. But I also feel like, looking from my perspective, I don't really have another option. Like I have to explore yeah. to kind of figure it out. Yeah, exactly. And I might not ever find it. Yeah. Uh, if if you were to ask me 10 years ago, I would have said, oh, by then I, I would have found it and I'm going to be full focused and I'm going to yeah. blaze through and stuff like that. Yeah. And I'm doing that on certain aspects, but yeah, it's it's different it's still kind of wide mm. and I think that's fine. Yeah, it is fine. It's absolutely fine. Yeah. I, I mean, the, I think the choice to focus, I mean, that's what they say about niching, right? Mm. Everyone says, oh, a niche is like too limited, but actually when you niche, it's a choice, right? It's like, this is what I'm going to work in, but yeah. actually it opens things much wider. And I think that's the same kind of way of thinking about it is, is purpose is, is the thing that you want to do, but it could just end up being very wide and what, what you end up getting to, to sort of interact with. Mm. So yeah, I'm I'm all for as much experience as possible. I'm a growth, right? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah for sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm wondering how you got to a point where you're working with creative entrepreneurs more so on a day to day, week to week kind of basis. Could you lay out kind of that that journey that led to that? The journey. Oh well, as I said, it's a bit meandering. <laughs> but um, I, I well my my education. I have a master's in history of art, so mm -hmm. I've always been in a kind of a creative bent, shall we say? Yeah. Um. But when I left school, I went and worked at an art gallery. And, you know, I think I'm too much of a romantic about the arts and making it commercial, which is just odd considering what I do now. Yeah. But at the time, I was like, oh, it's just, it's just, <laughs> leave it. Like, I just it can't sell yeah. this beautiful Picasso. I can't do it. So, um, so I ended up going into working into architecture. I took a job as a PA in mm. a, in a high end residential design studio um, in West London. Yeah. And, 
they didn't need a PA. They needed a, someone to run their office and run their business. And so over the, those five years, I built a help my, with my colleagues, of course, um, um, help them build a business from, I think I was employee 12. And when I left, they were 55. So oh, wow. it's a really, it was a great experience in how to operationally to build a, a design business. Yeah, And then I kind of, I when I left to work for a couple other different design studios and then, um, kind of burned out working with designers. No offense, mm. any designers listening. <laughs> but <laughs> I kind of burned out a bit. And so I ended up working in food a bit because I'm very passionate about food. Yeah. Got into marketing a little bit, worked in culture and kind of had this really random kind of experiences. But the 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 interesting part of that is that in every instance, even if I was trying to do something more creative like food writing or you know, cultural tours or any of those things, I always gravitated to the management of the business side of these things. I was yeah. always much more interested in like the the nuances of how the business ran. And so um, in my last role, I was a commercial director of a, like, of a, a design studio in London. And that was the best opportunity to help build a brand with them. So it's like the first experience was really about operational understanding. Yeah. And then the last one was more about how you build a brand and how you build a business. And so that was the two of those combined have made kind of an interesting um, uh, meatball, I guess, of experience because the it's not just the the creative side of things. It's not just how you talk about your business. It's also how it runs operationally, that how it all works together. So when I when I decided to leave my company um, in the pandemic, I really had no idea what I was going to do. I I. I knew I probably couldn't go back and work in a design studio because I think what I realized is that I think my nature is to take things on as my own. Mm. I, I think it was my nature to take yeah. things on as, as my own. Ownership. Yeah. yeah. But in the end, it's not mine because no. I'm working with my business partners or I'm working with um, my bosses when I was younger and things like that. And ultimately it's down to them because they're the ones who are doing the product, Right. And so I realized that if I go into another design studio, I'll probably end up carrying as much as I do. And it's just not going to be from, for me ultimately in the end. So um, I had friends and colleagues be like, oh, you know, if you ever decide to consult, you should get into that. I was like, no one wants to hear what I have to say. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm not that interesting. I don't know that much and blah, blah, blah. Um, and then, um, but I kind of, I, what I ended up doing, which I didn't realize at the time was really a very sort of broad, uh, value proposition. I, okay. I ended up speaking to a bunch of people in my industry that I knew. And I said, I'm kind of thinking about this thing. Would this be of interest? And the response it was all really positive there. You know, there's not really a lot of business consulting specifically for creatives. I think that generally it, it kind of seems to fall out of the sphere of business yeah. like and that because it, i think it's because the creative it becomes the focus as opposed to say if you're working in aviation or you know or um, medicine or any of those sort of things it's like more a bit about like consulting those things yeah so um i think uh, yeah so i just decided to kind of dip my toe in okay. and then here we are th three years later. <laughs> Still good. <laughs> Still good. Yeah, yeah. Loving it. Um, a really great set of clients. And I think that, that what was interesting is because I'd always gone from a role of a doer. Yeah. I had to sort of really shift who I was within my own business into being more of a, like a, a thinker sort of. Mm. And I, I, that's been a real challenge because I'm so used to just getting in and doing stuff. But actually, if you're going to run a business, you have to be the one who's actually thinking about where things go and where they need to be next. And, um, 
that's been a <laughs> that's been a challenge, you know, to kind of get off the day to day some of the day to day tools and things like that. Yeah. So yeah, so that's kind of a long winded answer to your question, but no yeah, worries. yeah, yeah. So that's where I that's where we are now. Yeah. So yeah. You mentioned you kind of along the journey burned out with working with designers. Yeah. That, that kind of stuck with me. Like, why why <laughs> why did that happen in the first place? Um, I I I think because it felt in a lot of ways that the people I was working with it was trying to push a rock up a hill. Okay. Um, I think because what I've also come to understand with many creatives, it's the creative output is the most important thing, which I completely get. That's the right. The essence. I get, that's the essence. Yeah. I get that. But what happens is, is they do it at the sake of everything else. Okay. And so it became frustrating to kind of try and get people to charge more or to, uh, to think strategically about the business, to have a vision for it, to yeah, make it sustainable. Make it sustainable. Yeah. And I think I just got really tired of trying to sort of push them along the way. I wanted people who were willing to come alongside with me as opposed yeah. to just dragging them into some sort of Sisyphean yeah. you know, task. You don't want to persuade them to do that. Yeah, yeah. right. So um, I think that's been... Um, yeah, that was, <laughs> I had a moment where I was like, you know what, I'm yeah. done with design. I'm going to go work in food because I love food. I'm going to go do that. Yeah. Um, but what I found is the challenges are the same across the board. <laughs> so I thought it was a design thing, but it's not. It's just anyone who's doing anything creative. I think yeah. that's the way it, how, it's, how it's worked out. Yeah, the funny thing is when we spoke before the show, we aligned because I see the same from the software side. Right? Mm. When someone creates a piece of software, it's not going to, be a business all of a sudden no it's going to be part of a business yeah and it can be the essence yeah but still everything around it still needs to be done yeah and i feel like i i want to go more towards also owning something that is mine creating something from the ground up yeah. really having ownership has always been a big thing for me mm. i want to get to a point where i feel more comfortable doing that and maybe i'm never going to get comfortable at some yeah. point I'm gonna you'll make never a decision. be prepared <laughs> exactly like I, I feel like more and more i'm never going to be comfortable or prepared yeah. in any case yeah uh, but i want to i want to decrease that risk also for myself sure but at the end of the day, I feel like the software I can I can do, I can figure out an idea, hone it, and figure out how to build this thing for the customers. But then the business side around it, how to make it sustainable mm. and have ha have it have longevity, yeah. that I don't have down yet. That's where kind of the insecurities come from. Yeah, I mean, that's normal, yeah. right? I think um, it's, and I think the thing is, it's the least sexy bit. Right? Right? Yeah, yeah. Systems and processes are not sexy. <laughs> no. No one cares about that stuff, <laughs> but actually it's the thing that will help you scale. It yeah. will help. The thing will help will actually will build your business. If you can't get processes down, it's, it, you're just going to end up creating a, you know, a, something that's built really organically. But then, you know, I always kind of compare it, you know, you have a little hole in the wall, you just patch over that one. And then like a little hole over there, you patch over that one. And then what you end up having is this sort of slightly weak foundation that doesn't actually seem to work. Mm. So, you know, I mean, but this is the thing is that even someone who knows this, you know, I, <laughs> I've made, I make mistakes like this all the time. Yeah. I mean, um, when I, I hired someone this year who has been an absolute gem for my business and okay. she is, she is about process and systems. And the first thing she did was bring in systems into how we as a company work. And it, mm. you know, for the, you know, when it's just one, you can kind of just go for it and do things how you want it to do. Yeah. But just that simple fact of doing that has made us better, has made us more efficient and set us up for more growth in the future as well. So, you know, doing it as early as you can, it's not sexy. Mm -hmm. I mean, we find it sexy because obviously this is what we do. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. for people who are super creative, it's not the sexiest bit, but it is the thing that will actually create 
the 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 pillars that you can you can sort of launch from yeah so yeah <laughs> but you know no one's perfect we no, all no, make mistakes and miss these that. things yeah in in helping people or even with your own business have you seen kind of patterns in usually what is not in place and what can really help and propel them with that sustainability part of the business yeah yeah i think um uh, systems is a big one as mm. i said um but what do you mean by that well, so say for example, how you pro how you program work, mm -hmm. how do you resource work, how do you quantify that work? Yeah. Um, having some sort of consistent metrics from which to price that work, mm. all those sorts of things seem to be uh, more more um, gut driven. Okay. I think when you're early in your business. Yeah. But I think when you start getting into more processes, you start creating sort of structures around how you, what your fees are. You start creating more structures around um, how you capture your time, um, the process for clients and how they kind of interact with your company from initial inquiry to handover to the project. Yeah. You know, those kind of things. You create standardization across those things. It doesn't mean that it's not creative. It doesn't mean it's not, you don't get to do anything fun in that, but it just creates um, anchors along the way so that, the process becomes more efficient and more effective, I mm. think, for your people to deliver. Um, yeah, I think the the systems is a big one. Um, I think tools for communication, making sure that people understand each other. Um, and I also think one of the other things that's missing is a lot of soft skills. Okay. I, mean, I think that's not something that's easily, you don't learn that in art school or design school. Like Nowhere, you, you, know, you don't learn it anywhere. Yeah, yeah. So I think you just learn it in the school of life. And I think sometimes when you are in, uh, I think particularly if you're a creative and you're in a position of leadership, it's very uncomfortable to be in that position mm -hmm. and have to have those soft skills aside from the hard skills that actually help you lead a business. So that's a challenge, more challenging one to, 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 I don't know. I can't really, cause you can't really go into a business and be like, here you go, here are your, your soft skills, but <laughs> yeah. it's, you know, getting the awareness around them and things like that is, is useful. Um, what, what part of the soft skills? Like, is it having the communication be more so clear that everyone understands each other or, or what part would you say is usually, or can be worked on more rather? Oh, that's a good question. I think communication is a big one. Yeah. I, I kind of feel like it's the one, mm. but in addition to that, um, how to be more effective, how to kind of take yourself from doing things that are urgent and doing more important things, being able to prioritize. Yeah. Um, I could see that one being very difficult. Yeah, that's yeah, really yeah. hard. Because everything is going to be on the plate. Yeah. Yeah. So but I you think, have to pick. Yeah. So I guess that's the thing is that if you're, if you're, if you know that actually, as we were talking about earlier, the goalposts, if the yeah. goalposts are just going to keep moving, those urgent things are just going to keep moving, right? They're yeah. just going to keep going. So it's, I think it's about understanding that those things are always going to be there, but making time to set aside for the important things that need to be done. Mm. And, and that is, I think, one of the hardest things, especially when I think if you are a creative and you want to you design a building or you want to design furniture, that's the thing you love doing. You don't want to set aside time to think about, I don't know, the next business plan for the next five years. It's, I mean, it's important to do that. Yeah. But kind of like oh but i want to just go design this chair i've got this really interesting <laughs> client brief and yeah. i'm like yeah i get that i completely get that so when we work with people we're very conscious of the creative part we really want to protect that because that's the thing that's the essence as i say it's like the heart of the company so you know creating infrastructure around that so that they can 
keep their keep their creativity intact is not you know I hear a lot oh I just manage now I'm not creative anymore and I think that's so sad because it's it, f- first of all it sees it as the only creative output is the doing of the yeah this part this part yeah and actually not the building of the business is actually a creative part but that's I mean that's a harder one to sell I think it's fine for me yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I think um, they, you know if that's the case then creating some structure for them to actually have that opportunity to do more creative things and that may mean you know hiring different people in to do a different job or um or to take on some of their roles that they really aren't great at but they don't like you know those kind of things so yeah yeah it's it's a it's a multifaceted of course yeah yeah. Yeah. i was thinking back when you when you touched upon priority and i don't know how i would solve that for myself because i i always have a lot on my plate and what i postpone is the things i genuinely don't like or don't look forward to yeah and those get pushed back yeah. As much as possible sometimes. Yeah. To my own demise sometimes. Yeah. Are they important though? Sometimes I think so. And I objectively need to look at them and, and judge if they're important. Yeah. But still, with my subjective mind, I'm like, they're not important right now. <laughs> so you said to your demise. So yeah. what happens then? Sometimes I'm very late with the things I think I, mm. I could have done earlier mm. or I postpone things that I should have done earlier. Mm. Basically, I can give you the most simple example. I don't like finding people as guests for the podcast. Oh, right. So I postponed that. Oh. I like having the intro I like having the conversations. Right. Everything before that, looking at profiles and seeing what's out there, seeing if someone is a good speaker even. Yeah. Or setting up the agenda and being like, okay, then and then we meet and stuff like that. Yeah. It doesn't give me energy at all. To the point where sometimes I've had zero episodes and I was like, yeah, next week I need to record, but I don't have anyone. And oh, now I, need, I really need to do this. Otherwise, <laughs> like my, my continuation and the thing I value, <laughs> continuity of the episodes, is yeah. going to be... Um, in danger because of that yeah and i've always managed but then sometimes i'm like maybe i might not be so lucky <laughs> and then i'm not gonna manage yeah i don't i i don't know how to solve that because i feel like if i if i'm running a business mm. i'm gonna have similar things yeah things that are gonna be important and yeah. that i'm gonna do maybe it's my personality also that i'm gonna postpone to the last minute because it doesn't give me fulfillment and i'm gonna do the things i like before that yeah it goes, it's gonna give me fulfillment i think that's everyone is this way yeah. i mean I'll give you an example. Hand on heart. I got really comfortable at the beginning of this year and didn't do any marketing. Mm. I completely burned out on marketing. I was like, oh, I'm fine. I've got all these clients. It's fine. Yeah. And I completely dropped the ball on that, right? And then, you know, clients naturally phase out. Their 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 projects go on hold or whatever. And then all of a sudden I'm looking at a financial gap and I think, oh, God. Yeah. Like, what was I thinking? You know, it was important. I should have been doing that marketing the whole time, but I don't like doing it. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, I don't want to do it. And so I just focused on... The other stuff the that I do like, the things I do like, yeah, yeah. but that's the thing is I think it's really easy to, to do that. I think, it, and I think, but I think being mindful of that mm. and even just, you know, someone I read, I can't remember who said it, but someone once said, you know, just do one thing a day for marketing. Mm. One, do one thing a day for sales. Yeah. And that's enough because it's like a kind of compound benefit of these, yeah. of these things. You build a habit also. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So if you can do that, then, um, it kind of feels like it's less um, soul destroying because <laughs> it's not like you know you're spending all your Fridays dedicated to marketing or whatever. Yeah. But uh, yeah, th- I mean, there will always be things in your job, regardless if it's your company or you're working for someone that you don't like doing. And I, I think we have this mindset that our job should be like this amazing, fulfilling thing, but it's, it's just not the case. Not a hundred percent. No. 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 I mean, no, lo- what li- what life is this way, right? Yeah, right. You know, it's like we all have to do. <laughs> a lot of like. Yeah, just, exactly. Yeah. So I guess. Um, yeah, it's a, I think it's, but the other part of it, I think, could be that if there's, 
things that you can outsource, mm -hmm. outsource them. Yeah. If you can afford to do it, do it. In the beginning, it's hard because you're, you know, money's tight and it's stressful and, you know, you kind of still need to understand what your business is. So you do need to do all the things. But once you get a few years in, you just start kind of, yeah. you know. This part is down. Yeah. Is clear. yeah. You know, you get yourself a PA who can go out and I like search for guests. <laughs> I see some other people have that. I'm like, <laughs> like I, need I wish a I had that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I'm, I'm glad you said it's not, it's never going to be a solved problem. I'm just going to find more tools in my bag to kind of manage them. Yeah. Because I do, when I when I do do it, let's say, and when, I, when I've when i done a great job of the things I don't like, that is very fulfilling. But then still, I, I will postpone it. Mm -hmm. And finding a habit and finding something that works for me, mm -hmm. that is like incrementally and it's going to compound, I think that's a very, very good way of looking at it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And also, I think seeing about your, like the value of your time versus mm -hmm. the value of someone else's time to do these things. Someone once said to me, if someone else can be doing what you're doing, they should be doing it. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, that's such an amazing insight. That's a good quote. Yeah. You're like... Only I can, do, no, 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 someone else can do this. Like, I don't need to be doing this. Yeah. And, but I think that's a hard thing too, is letting go. And, you know, that's a whole other sort of kettle of fish. But how was that for you then? Because you said you, you were really in the role of a doer. Yeah. Like you would just jump in and, and do the thing. Yeah. And now you have to step back and be more of an advisory. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's been excruciating. <laughs> excruciating. <laughs> no, it's fine. I mean, I think, yeah, yeah. I, I, what I, I think, well, it's it's an interesting one because it's there is a friction point there because I think I'm more comfortable doing the doing. Yeah. So I default to doing that. It's comfort zone. Yeah. Okay. But the the thinking and the you know this or you know selling the business itself is much more uncomfortable for me. Mm. So it's you know really trying to put myself out there, yeah, you know, yeah. and having to be like, oh god, I don't want to do this. <laughs> but you but doing it and you know and it becomes easier. It's like a muscle memory. You get used to doing it. Yeah. But oh yeah, I. I yeah. Did, you, did you find yourself micromanaging as well when it, when you saw other people doing kind of where your comfort would lie? Uh, no, I am not a micromanager. No? I'm I actually go the That's other direction. Great. Yeah, I I'm because I think my way of learning has always been just to do yeah. right. So when I was working in any design studios, they weren't going to give me any instruction of what they needed. I just started looking for stuff to do and mm -hmm. finding things and you know trying doing to make it. doing it because yeah. I was like, well, this needs to be done, so I'm just going to do it. So I have this approach with people that. If you give them the end result that you want, they'll find a way to get to it. Mm -hmm. So with Kat, who is my colleague, you know, she's much more, she needs to have more specifics about these sort of things. She wants to know what what we're doing. Okay. Whereas I'm just like, oh, just make a, make a press report for me. Mm. <laughs> She'll be like, well, what, what do you want? What do you want? <laughs> like, yeah, you figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I, so that's been, you know, for me, like that's the kind of the shift is that if I, someone said to me, just do a press report, I'd think, okay, I'd research it, figure out how to do it and da, 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 da. But for her, she wants to know exactly what I'm looking for. Yeah, and all that context. Kind of stuff. Yeah, and yeah, I yeah. think that's completely fair enough. So that's been the kind of the switch as well as, as when it comes to the being the doing versus the thinking, because I can think of what I'm actually looking for in the end and then I can give it to her and say, what do you think? You want to do it? And then we work on it a bit together and I'll help yeah. guide her and things like that. But, oh, micromanagement. I've been micromanaged. It's the worst thing in the world. <laughs> I'm glad you're aware of that. Oh, yeah. Because I, I know about it, but then still, when I'm really good at something and I know how to do it and then I give that to someone else, yeah. I would still find myself being like, oh God, are they going to do it right? You want me to jump back in and like, these, <laughs> these, things, these things are not, yeah. And giving feedback. Yeah. But then I'm like, okay, this is what I'm doing. Like that realization, it's like, I have to let go. Yeah. I trust. It's hard. Yeah. It's really hard. Yeah, yeah. Because, it, you know, it's your baby. It's really important. I mean, I was, I was saying to you earlier, I just got back from holiday yesterday. And I was away for three weeks, which I've never done. Yeah. And. Completely I, com like 
no laptop, no phone. Well, for the well, I had to finish. I had Ish. a big bit of work I had to push out before yeah. I could really settle down. But I think. I really made a conscious effort to 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 do that. Actually, Kat told me to stop working. <laughs> of course, yeah, so, yeah. You know, I'm like, oh, I'll just. Do, <laughs> how you doing? But I think I. But doing that was was a sort of a lesson that kind of ability to let go. You know, we had discussed what we needed to do this month whilst I was going to be away. She was fine, as far as I know, getting on with it. And so I just kind of had to let it go. Mm. So, I, I think if you if you want to take control of everything all the time, you're going to have to, you're never going to have any time off. <laughs> you're always going to be worrying about stuff. And I, you know, personally for me, I, I just, I don't want to have that kind of life where I'm kind of overseeing everything all the time. I'm much happier to let people, I've, I've set the vision for her. I know what she, she knows what I want her to do. Yeah. And so I'm like, and she's really capable. So yeah, like, oh, yeah go for it. <laughs> well, and then, and I, you know, my thing is, is that nothing can't be fixed. Mm. If I'm not happy with it, we can mm. tweak it. It's no problem. I think, you know, the, and she, you know, she's brought ideas that I hadn't even thought of. So, I mean, those are kind of, that's the best part. That's the best part. I think right? so. So if you're always kind of like holding it really tight, you don't leave any space for anyone to sort of insert anything new. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, that's, that's always been a big thing for me is I don't like it when someone gives me a task. Like I want to understand what, what yeah. we're doing Yeah. and then I can think of what needs to be done Yeah. or we can have a discussion. Yeah. And the interesting thing is if I think we should do something else versus the task that I'm given, yeah. uh, then I'm going to have a discussion. Right. It's always been like that. So when they offered you this, this to do this podcast, mm. so they say, we want you to do it this way. No, never. Right. No, no, no. Right. They were like, uh, go I'm do a podcast. Exactly. <laughs> I'm looking for a host and I'll facilitate whatever you need. Yeah. I was like, done. Yeah. Deal. I have a vision. I want this and this. These are my requirements. Yeah. That's the only way. Yeah, completely. Yeah. yeah. And I, I'm assuming everyone's really happy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah. There I you mean, go. I hope so. Fuck <laughs> <laughs> is doing great, I think. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But the funny thing is, like, I've I've been in a role and my product owner would say, Okay, we need to we need to do these and these things because of XYZ. And yeah. I was like, Well, XYZ doesn't make sense. So we shouldn't do this in the first place. And to kind of keep it short, they they looked at a different colleague and they were like, Can we do this? Well, I just had the conversation that we shouldn't do this. And I was like, what's going on here? Like, yeah. I, I, was feeling, I was feeling ignored. Yeah. So I had the conversation again. And he was like, well, I'm, I'm feeling pressure and we need to do this. Yeah. And then I was like, okay, I, I kind of overstepped maybe my boundaries, but I went to someone else that would listen. And yeah. we kind of made it aware that this thing was happening and this was kind of the root cause and we solved it at yeah. the end of the day. Yeah. And I felt like, okay, I mean, if someone were, were to give me the time and really try and understand where I'm coming from, mm. then... I wouldn't have had to go to the director and, and get stuff done that way. Yeah. But I felt like the thing I, I really didn't want to build it basically. Like I'm always in the builder role as a software engineer. Right. And if I don't stand behind what I'm building, if I think my solution doesn't make sense because someone else is doing something that doesn't make sense, yeah. then I'll stop with what they're doing so I don't have to build this. Right. Yeah. And that's, it's always been a thing. I think that might be then in line with kind of my core values. Mm. Yeah. There's something, yeah, there's definitely something there. Yeah. I think that's that's kind of when you start knowing that is because if you, I have I've had clients before who's, who, if they don't want to do something, they literally will not do it. Yeah. And yeah. It's, it's like, they it's like principally. Yeah. They just can't do it. And I think, great. Yeah. <laughs> but then you also have to do other things that make sure that you can do it or, you know. Yeah, but, you don't have to do it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But I think, yeah, the... The, that desire to you have to stand by what your your work i think that's fundamental whether or not you're in a business or running your own thing like mm -hmm. you have to believe in what you're doing yeah so yeah i yeah i think that's definitely a core value issue i think so too. <laughs> we'll find out yeah yeah <laughs> for sure uh one of the one of the last thoughts i had because i think this is in line with people that kind of want to create their own business both from the software side and the creative side yeah. is 
when do you really introduce kind of processes and more so rigidness? Because I feel like, okay, if I'm going to start a business, I'm really going to play around with a piece of software. I think a creative entrepreneur would kind of do the same yeah. with whatever they're doing. Yeah. And then at a point they're going to come out, then they're going to come to a point where they want things to scale or they want to outsource whatever they're doing because of their time. They'd be more mindful of this business side. Mm. Is that then when they want to introduce more processes or how do you do that along the way? And how do you do that gradually? Because you're never going to go from zero to a hundred percent. I feel like. Oh no. Yeah. I, I think your business goes through many iterations, especially in the beginning, more so in the beginning. Yeah. I think, I think there's there's some real merit in. Uh, I think process is great, even if you can start, even in sort of basic processes in the beginning, like mm. you know timesheets and you know good billing and understanding your prices and things like that. Yeah. But like the the structure and the uh, and the standardization of how the process of operating goes, I think takes a bit more time yeah. because I think you have to really understand what your product is first. And um, would you say that's kind of the first phase? Of your business? Yeah, mm. I think so. Yeah. Um, I, you know, in my experience working with, with designers, they start out doing the thing. Yeah. Right. So they build buildings, they build restaurants, they do whatever they do. But they, it takes probably four or five years before they start thinking about the standardization of how they're doing things. Okay. And that's longer than I thought. <laughs> well, yeah. that's, there's other factors at play here. Um, but I think that's what I've seen is sort of that kind of point where they start thinking, oh, actually, maybe we should we should standardize how we do things. Yeah. And then at that point, then it starts thinking about, because you, I think you're trying to figure out what your, actually, your product is, right? Yeah. Which ties into the brand, which what are you trying to sell, right? So creating, but being able to create those systems as soon as you possibly can, when you have a really clear product, that is when you can start doing it, mm. I think. But I think getting your baseline ops stuff in the very, very beginning is super important. Yeah. Um, and very few people do that. And I think that, you know, most people just hire an accountant, which is good, and um, wing it from there yeah. on, right? The, and um, if you can find, you know, if you can create a, a system for calculating your time, for thinking about your resourcing, things like that at early, early stages, then I think you're much more set up for success when it comes to the operational side of things further down the line. Yeah. And I mean, you know, everyone will get it wrong. We all get it wrong, you know, and I guess the idea is, is you kind of just try and course correct as you're going. Mm -hmm. um, but if you, you start with the intent, I think then that sets you up for, for greater success in the future. Yeah, I like that a lot. Yeah. Uh, I've seen, like right now I'm working at CBX, it's a consultancy company. Mm -hmm. And through there, I joined kind of a startup kind of ish. It was already... Uh, along its way for about two or three years. Mm. But then I saw kind of really the early phases of a business. And I don't know why, but this person had so many like standard processes in place that I was like, okay, if we ever need these, then we already have it. Like yeah. we need certain certifications for something with yeah. our security and we have a default audit trail. We have these things in place. Like they already thought so far ahead yeah. that from the beginning we had certain processes in place that I was like, okay, this this is really handy. This is good to have yeah. when it comes to documentation, communication. Yeah. For onboarding was super easy. Offboarding was already in place. Some yeah. people forget it. Offboarding also is important. Oh, really like important. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, oh, people have access. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, okay, this is, and I've been in bigger companies mm. where that's not even in place. Then I'm no. like, okay, in this group of like 10, 12 people, we have it. Yeah. And in this organization of like three, four, 500 people, yeah, offboarding might not even be in place and I might still have that, like, it's ridiculous. I know. Yeah. I 
I mean, hearing that is music to my ears. I mean, I think, but again, I think the thing is really hard when you're, I mean, I, and I can attest to this, that yeah. when you're in it, you're just kind of in it in yeah, the very yeah. beginning. So it's just all the things coming at you. It's the most dynamic thing you, you're probably going to ever experience in the sense, because there's all these moving parts. You're responsible for everything. You have to wear a billion different hats. And then I think, but if you can think about the structures in the future, yeah, that yeah, that that'll set you up for a great. Yeah, you'll be great after that. That's yeah. It's it's the it's the hardest thing to do. It's not the sexiest things to do because the sexy thing is to do the creative yeah, thing. Yeah, the work. But that that is what's going to make you sort of move forward and yeah. scale. Yeah, I, I could imagine. And I knowing that and having experienced that, I'm trying to figure out. Okay, what what do I need to have in place? Mm. And I also know that my opinion is not the sexiest thing. So I want, I want kind of the minimum that is going to help yeah. me along the way, <laughs> right? Because I can do a lot of processes, but I, I definitely, mm. I mean, even in software, I don't want processes that's going to hinder kind of this, this effectiveness and yeah. output in that way. Yeah. But I do want the bare minimum because I know that if I look at the, uh, the long term of this, yeah, I do think I, I look at long terms. Even mm. with this podcast, I've always been like, okay, this is the vision. And yeah. how we get there, don't really mind. Yeah. It's going to be a long journey. Yeah. Uh, so then I want those processes to kind of be in place to help me along the way. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, I think as someone who loves process, I think that the minimum is probably the minimum. Mm. I don't believe in high, high levels of bureaucracy and anything that stagnates creative or creativity or innovation at all. Yeah. But I think if you can if you can create those structures early on, it basically offloads that mental load. You yeah. don't have to think about it anymore because the structures are there in place. And, but I think the thing is, is that you can do the bare minimum for where you are. And then when you grow, you have another like baseline. It's a new stage. Yeah. yeah. So then the, the structures become a bit more complex because you've got more people, you've got different chains of command, you've got communication things that are sort of slightly more complex. So it's each stage has its own levels of, bare minimum yeah. systems that are required. Yeah, yeah. And then I think as you as you get on, I think then it just becomes, as someone was telling me, it's like, I think from like zero to 50 is a, is like a certain type of, of sort of kind of structure that you want to think about. And then 50 to like 150 is like another one. And then yeah. and then at, it just becomes much more complex in, in, in then that sort of the chains and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, I think you've got a ways. I mean, I have a ways until yeah. I get to 50 people. So I think building in those processes that allow to get to that point is kind of, where you want to sort of focus, I think, if you're at that stage. Yeah, I love yeah. that train of thought because thinking back now and, and you explain the phases and things needing to scale and things needing to evolve, Yeah, I feel like I've been at like tipping points in organizations also mm. where I'm like, okay, this is not working anymore. Either we have too many people or this is just outdated for what we're doing. Right. And I feel like that might be then a new phase and it might not mm. even have to do with people. It might have to do with new people or new cultures kind of onboarding in that way and things shifting. But yeah, it might then be a new phase. I think that's an yeah. interesting way of looking at it. I mean, the businesses have to evolve, right? Yeah. They can't stay the same. And I, I think that is a sort of, that is a challenge for many entrepreneurs because they get to that point where they're, they're it's beyond their skill set, right? Yeah. It's beyond the thing that they know how to run anymore. So then that's, you know, you see that all, all the time in tech where they bring in a CEO if the founder is just more of like a chair and they bring in someone who actually knows how to run a business yeah, in. In the right? next phase. In the next phase. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's a really smart move because it means that you're growing and that actually it means that you're freed up to not have to run the business. You can actually yeah. go focus on the innovation and things that you want to drive forward. So, yeah, I mean... I, I don't like the analogy, but I think businesses are like sharks. If they don't keep moving forward, I think they die. Mm. Because I, 
you have to be for something. You have to move forward for something. It doesn't yeah. mean that you have to grow to an exponential number of people, but you have to be moving towards something that you want to get to. And then, you know, when you hit that point, then you have to move towards something else. It's, 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 there's a, that's the purpose of it. Yeah. But there is no end goal. No. That's <laughs> it's the just hard this part. long distance thing that you build and keep going. So, yeah. yeah. I don't know. I think that's a, it's a, it's a challenge to think that way when you are, you just want to yeah, yeah. build a table or you want to build a, a, a buildings. You just want to design rooms. I mean, that's, yeah. that, that's you want to go back to kind of the comfort zone yeah. and what you were doing before, yeah. probably. Yeah, and yeah. I think that's fine too. Like, yeah. if you just want to stay you small, can still do that. The, yeah. But I do think there's a challenge there. Like, don't have a business if you just want to be one person. Like, like you know, I think no, that's fair. Yeah. yeah, it's like it's too complicated. <laughs> just be a freelancer and just design stuff. Like, yeah. great. But if you want to have a, a company, you have to be on a trajectory towards something. Yeah. So yeah, because people also want to grow. With the company, yeah. right? That's that's kind of why they hop on board. Yeah, exactly. For that vision. Yeah, and they're not just there to be doers; they're yeah. there to to bring themselves and yeah. to help you grow it, right? The value. Yeah. So that's yeah. It's <laughs> there's a lot here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I get that. Yeah. I think the hardest part, I mean, for me personally, if I'm in that role and I've I've brought it from let's say zero to fifty people, mm. is then stepping out and being like, okay, we're going from startup to scale up phase and. Yeah. It's not really my skill set because also you've been honing your skill set for this phase. And then if you've reached kind of the end point of your phase, being like acknowledging that this is not your skill set anymore and someone else might be able to do yeah. it better. Ooh, that's a hard one. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, your ego takes a hit. Yeah. Right? yeah. <laughs> You're like, oh, I don't have all the answers. I can still do this. I'm not no, really, no, I'm, I'm, I'm not capable of doing this. But I, I think that you have to let you feel that and then move on because mm. you'll just, I think you'll try and control everything otherwise, yeah, yeah. right? And then the company will suffer for it. It's not about you at that point anymore. Yeah. <laughs> I think uh, I think that's a great way to round off. Thank, thank you so much for coming on, Lindsay. Oh, it's been a pleasure. This Thanks for having me. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for coming on. Was this kind of what you expected going into it? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah, I think so. It oh, was really awesome. lovely. Thank you for having awesome. a nice conversation. Thank you me. so much. Then I'm going <laughs> to round it off here. I'm going to put all Lindsay's socials in the description below. Check her out. Let her know you came from our show. And with that being said, thank you for listening. We'll see you on the next one. <laughs>